This is Vance Crow. I'm Alex Craner. My name's David John Parker. This is Alex Epstein. This is Leighton Gray, and you're listening to the Sean Newman Podcast. Welcome to the podcast, folks. Happy Monday. Oilers got it done. Woo! Going to the second round, baby. Hello, Vegas. Anyways, I could talk about that all day long. Happy to see the Oiler, Oilers through to the second round. Uh, next show, SMP Presents, Luongo, Tom Luongo, Alex Craner, June 10th, longtime guest of the podcast. I just say long time. They've been on once a month now for about six months. So they've been, uh, they've been uh, well, what can I say? They're the most popular episode every time they come on. So they are coming to the Gold Horse Casino here in Lloyd Minster. So, hey. I'd love to uh, see you here. Tickets, show notes, uh, the links there. Click on it and uh, love to see you uh, at the next SMP Presents Luongo and Craner. So that should be a ton of fun. Canadians for Truth, they're a nonprofit organization consisting of Canadians who believe in honesty, integrity, and principled leadership in government, as well as the Canadian Bill of Rights, Charter of Rights and Freedoms, and the Rule of Just Laws. Uh, they just finished a couple shows in April with uh, Tamara Leach. That was Calgary Medicine Hat. Now they got uh, a guy who's been on the podcast as well. This could be this this one has my interest uh, kind of pecued, if you would. Uh, Shadow Davis coming to Calgary May twenty fifth. I think that'd be a an interesting night. Um, obviously, a lot of people have uh, a lot to say about Shadow. Uh, a high praise, I mean. And then, of course, uh, he's been on the show before. And uh, interesting, interesting man. Anyways, I, I, I uh, you know, some of the names that they've had, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Shadow Davis. I'm like, hmm, mm, that, that's kind of interesting. So uh, Shadow Davis, Canadians for Truth, May 25th in Calgary. Go to canadiansfortruth.ca. Profit River, the team over there, they'll help you get uh, those firearms. They import uh, firearms from the United States of America, pride themselves on making the process as easy as possible for all their customers. All you got to do is head to ProfitRiver.com. Uh, of course, if you've got a, uh, a sportsman or uh, a hunter in your life just uh, and you're looking for ideas, you know, like, oh, I don't know, do I, how do I even do this? Well, they offer gift cards. Of course, the gift cards, uh, you don't need to be in-store to purchase, blah, 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 blah. You can be anywhere in Canada, all that good stuff. Because when it comes to that hunter or sportsman in your life, just remember, these guys are the major retailer of firearms, optics, and accessories. They serve all of Canada. Just go to ProfitRiver.com. Windsor Plywood. Uh, Carly Claus and the team over there, builders of the podcast studio table. As I sit here, I was just thinking, you know, like uh, this thing, this sucker was the first um, piece that really (laughs) tied the room together. Um, Big Lebowski. Anyways, uh, no, it was the first, you know, like, wow, this maybe, maybe we're going to be going somewhere because the the original podcast room was in... um, basement of an old house in an old storage room it was nothing fancy and then you put this table in it almost didn't match the room you know anyways if you're looking for wood uh, i'm just reminiscing right now if you're looking for wood uh team over at windsor plywood are the guys uh whether we're talking mantles decks windows doors or sheds podcast studio table maybe maybe uh you know give them a call 780-875-9663 as i mean how nice was the weekend uh deck season is truly upon us Tyson and Tracy Mitchell, Mitchco Environmental. It is May 1st, so uh, they are still in the market for university college students, four-month positions, May to August. You can earn 20,000 bones. Holy dinah. With the potential to earn more, it's entry level, which means you don't need no fancy degree. You just need a work ethic, and away you go. It's a family-owned business that has been providing professional vegetation management services for both Alberta and Saskatchewan and the oil field industrial sector since 1998. So if you're interested, reach out 780-214-4004 or go to mitchcocorp.com. 
C-A. Uh, now let's get on that tail of the tape brought to you by Hancock Petroleum. For the past 80 years, they've been an industry leader in bulk fuels, lubricants, methanol, and chemicals, delivering to your farm, commercial, or oil field locations. For more information, visit them at HancockPetroleum.ca. He's a father of two girls who has become a prominent figure against transgender transitioning of children. He attends public events or protests where children are targeted for gender transitioning and holds up different signs such as a dad is someone who stands up or children cannot consent to puberty blockers. I'm talking about Chris Elston or you may know him as Billboard Chris. So buckle up. Here we go. By talking to the guests I do, I put myself in this weird harm's way in a sense that people treat me different and it's uncomfortable. That is uncomfortable. But what you're talking about is literally physically, like now you're in harm's way. Why continue yeah. to do that? Because we're harming thousands of kids, Sean. What's the point of life? Is it to make money, get a house with a pool? It's not my point of life. Knowing what I know, I decided I could not sit still and be quiet about it because I wasn't comfortable looking back in 40 years and going, oh yeah, I knew all that was happening and I just didn't do anything. So I'm just taking a stand as a normie who has never done anything activist related in my life. But I have girls and at first I was setting out to make sure I was protecting them by getting up to speed, but I'm not gonna be the guy that stays quiet while thousands and tens of thousands of kids across the world are getting sterilized and lied to, and everyone's too afraid to have a conversation. That's uh, uh, from episode 234. Of course, uh, welcome to the Sean Newman Podcast. I'm joined by Billboard Chris. Um, Chris, I, that's a, first off, thank you so much for, for coming back on, uh, first and foremost. My pleasure. Thank you for having uh, me. It's been a wild ride since we talked last. January 14th, 2022. That's when that clip is from. And I have thought about that clip. You're one of the episodes, like I went back and re-listened to the entire thing. I was saying to you before we started, I'm like, I, this conversation just is makes me uncomfortable. I don't even know how better to explain it than that. Um, and yet when I go back and listen to that episode, that little clip there, and I probably could have shortened it to 10 seconds where you go, what's the point of life? And I actually... I, I've I've thought about that for a very very long time to the point of where you're coming back on. I'm like I'm gonna play that again because um, if you haven't listened to episode two thirty four, I would highly suggest you do. Um, but uh, you mentioned a lot's changed since then, and I want to hear all about it. Uh, I want you to you know update the audience on everything that's uh, occurred over the the course of a, a full year since we last talked. Um, but uh, I wanted to start with the point of life and and. Honestly, you, you've you've just cemented this uh, this thought in my head of you know what is the point of life and wrestling with it and and I mean you go on to talk about a whole bunch more, um, but uh, has anything changed for you since you know as you listen back to a year ago of us talking and and you being very like what is the point of life shot? Well, the philosophy remains the same, of course. That's never going to change. But yeah, a lot has changed since then. There's been amazing progress. I've been traveling into the United States once or twice a month the entire time. 
And whereas not even a year ago, even last August, none of the Republicans down south wanted to talk about this issue. None of the politicians wanted to take it on. We now have 20 states pushing or have already passed legislation to stop the drugging and surgeries on kids. No more puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, or surgeries on kids. I think 10 or 11 states have already passed the legislation and there's more to come. So I've had a part in that for sure. I've met a lot of amazing people. I work with different organizations and I'm happy with the work that's been accomplished so far, but we've still got a big job to, to do ahead of us. You mentioned um, the United States. You know where I sit. I'm sitting in Canada. And as much as I want to hear about all the success in the United States, I wonder where Canada is at specifically. Um, you're a Canadian as well. What have you seen from our, our great country uh, on this topic? Yeah, so the strategy for me, every day I wake up and my objective is to reach as many people as possible. It doesn't matter where in the world that is because we're all connected. A lot of Canadians watch American media. They watch Tucker Carlson before he got booted. They watch Tim Pool. They watch all these guys. They watch a lot of these conservative podcasters now, and they get a lot of their news from Twitter. So wherever I'm reaching people is great. Uh, much like we've had progress in the States, we've had progress in Canada as well in terms of awareness. And this all starts with awareness. So these legislators down south didn't want to do anything, primarily because they didn't understand the issue. And there were a couple events last year that happened which really woke people up to what this whole gender business is all about. One was Matt Walsh's film, What is a Woman?, where he expertly asks that question over and over again to the world's top experts. You know, the university guys who run the women and sexuality departments, they can't answer the question, what is a woman? And he exposed the cult-like behavior of these people because really, if you want to talk about this accurately, it's basically a cult that's spread all throughout the world. And you can't pin these people down to an actual definition for any of their terms. They can't tell you what a trans child is. They can't tell you what a gender identity is. This all comes down to a feeling. Well, how does it feel to be a woman? Is a woman a feeling? No, a woman is just a biological fact. And there's no right way to be a man or a woman, a boy or a girl. Yet these people are pushing this theory that, well, if you're just a little different, if you're a more masculine girl or a more feminine boy, then you must be trans. And so that film was very powerful in illuminating the absurdity of this ideology. And then what happened in August was I tweeted out these videos that Boston Children's Hospital had produced. This is the top ranked children's hospital in the country. And these were videos made by their own doctors from the gender clinic. And you have this woman, Jeremy Carswell is her name, saying that things like a little girl trying to pee standing up or a little boy who doesn't want to get a haircut or playing with opposite gender toys, this is a direct quote, or siblings playing dress up with their siblings clothing, you know, like a little boy playing dress up with his big sister's princess dresses. These are a sign that your child is trans and can be treated. So it's all these ridiculous regressive stereotypes. That's all it is, it's the stereotype religion. And then people learned about some of these surgeries that they're doing on kids. And more and more videos have come out from these trans health experts themselves that are very powerful and very helpful for me in making my argument because I don't need to say anything. People can just watch the videos from all these experts. So I've got the psychiatrist at Kaiser Permanente in California admitting that they cut off the breasts of 12-year-old girls on video. Not for cancer, 
for gender. And we have all sorts of numbers and statistics and official reports and videos proving everything. And it's totally insane. So what I do primarily is educate. I'm not a protester. I wear these signs looking ridiculous like I do just as a means of stimulating conversations. I'm not really there to protest. I've had a few protests, yes, but normally I'm just out there having conversations and trying to educate. And these videos went viral and a lot of people woke up. And because they were educated, when that happens and people learn the truth about what's going on, it stokes this fire inside of them. And the result is that we have all these states passing legislation, but also up here in Canada, people are awake now. And in June, June 9th, I'm going to be in Ottawa, joined by Josh Alexander, the amazing 18-year-old who got kicked out of school for not going along with this gender business, for saying that you know men don't belong in women's bathrooms, for example. And we're going to have another protest there on the same street I was on two years ago, where it was just me and 200 others protesting me. Later in the day, it was three of us and 200 others mobbing us. But this time we're going to have a lot of numbers with us and people are awake and people are talking about this all the time and it's probably the number one cultural issue. So even though the politicians in Canada won't do anything, this has been a very long-winded answer, the politicians and policymakers and all the government officials and all the organizations and the corporations and the banks and everything, they're all pushing this nonsense, but the people are waking up. So that's the first step. And eventually we are going to put an end to this nonsense. It's just going to take some more education. Yeah, the um, when we talked first time around, I was talking about how politicians do what the public want. The public gets their information from from media, you know, and and the media has been pushing. Um, well, I mean, that's been exposed since we last talked. You know, a lot has happened when you think about it. You know, the 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 convoy and different things coming out, and and you mentioned different documentaries and different just uh, so much has changed. Um, and in saying that, how people are getting their information has certainly changed immensely. And uh, they're starting to see through and get some information and, and different things and starting to, you know, like you say, uh, um, just be exposed to new ideas or maybe some ideas that they weren't really wrestling with. They're hearing about and they're like, ah, oh, that doesn't really make sense. And now you can find how many different people talking about it openly and going, yeah, oh, yeah, that, yeah, that's that's strange. You know, one of the one of the one of the things I was uh, when I was uh, thinking about having you back on again is you talk about educating, and um, one of the things that I was I was hoping I could pick your brain on is some of the different statistics and uh, different thoughts when it comes to uh, kids um, transitioning. Um, just because as a parent, I, I, I one of the things I, I just I don't get is mature minor. I just think I think it's I think it's a ridiculous concept. And are there going to be the uh, far and few between cases where there maybe is a mature minor when it comes to, you know, parents uh, doing silly things, M maybe. Uh, certainly there's probably the odd case. But over and all, a mature minor, I think, is the most ridiculous thing ever. I, I joked last time at 18, I don't think I was a mature minor, although at some point you have to give, uh, you know, kids and young adults the opportunity to go spread their wings. Um, but uh, drawing it back, for parents listening maybe even for kids listening, some things for them to think about, Chris, that maybe they haven't given much thought on. And uh, I thought maybe some um, some stats or some things that you think snap people out of, you know, uh, their thought process um, or maybe the ideology might be worthwhile talking about. 
Yeah, I mean, we can talk stats all day long, and I guess I'll bring some up. But the first question people should be asking themselves is, what is a transgender child? What is it? Can you tell me? I, I'll take a stab. I, you know, sure. in, my, in my brain, I go, uh, a transgender child is probably a child who thinks they're the opposite sex, but that doesn't mean they're, yeah, like this is me fumbling it. Like, I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, don't, don't be ashamed to fumble it. Every single person in the world fumbles it because there is no such thing. <laughs> what? So they like to conflate this with being gay. Well, people are gay, obviously. Men are attracted to men. Women are attracted to women. You can take a gay man, you can put him in an MRI machine, you can show him gay sexual material, and the parts of his brain associated with sexual arousal will light up in the MRI. And of course, there's the physiological response. People are gay. How is someone trans? What does it mean? What does it mean? I mean, obviously, we're all male or female. I don't know. They, so, they, they certainly like to say that, that, that there's, you know, you can decide what you are. So if someone as an adult wants to appear as the opposite sex would normally appear, if a man wants to wear a dress as an adult and try to sell himself as a woman, well, he's free to do that, but he's still a man. It's just a label. Saying you are trans, that's just a label. It means nothing. Transition is something you do. It's not something you are. The way we should frame this is there are children with gender dysphoria. That doesn't mean they are a separate class of human called trans. That means they're struggling. So when you look at this, the historical studies into gender dysphoria, this intense loathing of one's biological sex. Well, this used to affect one out of tens of thousands of children, not one out of tens. And when you look at the studies, there are several academic studies into these kids. You'll find them up on my website under the study section, billboardchris.com. But you look at the most recent one, it followed 139 boys for 20 years from when they were four or five years old all the way into their 20s. 87.8% .8 of them just grew out of it. Their gender dysphoria desisted. It went away when they went through puberty. 88%. 63%, to use the technical terms of the study, they were biphilic or androphilic, meaning these, this was a study with boys, 139 boys. So a majority were attracted to men. The majority grew up to be gay. All the studies point to the same sort of thing. Another study recently came out from, or I just recently saw it. It's an older study. It's from 1991, I believe. Half of these kids with severe gender dysphoria starting from a young age had mothers, more than 50% of the mothers, I think it was 54% of these mothers had depression, anxiety, borderline personality disorders, narcissistic personality disorders. More than half of the mothers had severe issues going on. So that's affecting the children, obviously. What does it mean to be trans? Today, it means there's a 50% chance this kid has autism, 
because half of the children showing up these gender clinics are on the autism spectrum disorder. They have autism spectrum disorder. These kids are 10 times more likely to have parents who are sex offenders. Kids in foster care are way overrepresented. These are kids with psychiatric issues, other mental health comorbidities. And people don't need to listen to me for any of this stuff. I want you to read the experts. I want you to go read this report, this article written by Jamie Reed, R-E-E-D. She worked at the Washington University Transgender Clinic in St. Louis. It's connected to the Children's Hospital there for four years as case manager. She just left in November and she's blowing the whistle on all of this. She submitted an affidavit to the Attorney General of Missouri. And every one of these kids is struggling with something else. But they go to the gender clinic and they just get treated as though gender is the source of their problems. Their gender identity is why they're depressed, anxious, wanting to kill themselves. It's not the borderline personality disorder. It's not the abuse. It's not the sexual abuse. It's not the trauma. It's not whatever they're going through. It's always gender. And on their first appointment, they're getting puberty blockers across sex hormones. Or if they need a letter for surgery, as they do, they need a letter from a therapist. The gender clinic sends them to a therapist that they know is just going to rubber stamp it and approve them for surgery right away. And if, for some reason, they come from some outside therapist that doesn't think surgery is needed on this child, then they send them in-house to an in-house psychologist or psychiatrist to get the letter for approval then. This whole thing is just a racket to make money. And it's pushed by these cultish ideologues who believe that gender is the source of all these problems, yet they can't even define what a gender identity is. They can't tell you what it means for a girl to be a boy. The body positive message we should be sending is that children are beautiful just as they are. That if a girl climbs trees and wants short hair and hates wearing dresses and wants to play football and be an engineer when she grows up, she's a beautiful girl. We all knew this five seconds ago, but now this ideology has somehow captured our minds. And we're all supposed to go along with this because if you don't go along with it, you're anti-LGBT. This is a trick they use. They say you're anti-LGBT. They always combine the LGBT with the T. These two have nothing to do with each other. And in fact, it's harming kids that would grow up to be gay. But because they say anti-LGBT, it causes paralysis in all these people who don't dare speak up against it. But we're, what we're talking about is a body modification cult that is causing irreparable harm in tens of thousands of children just in North America every year. It'll be hundreds of thousands if we don't put a stop to this. The New York Times reported last year that 300,000 children in the United States between the ages of 12 and 17 have been diagnosed officially with gender dysphoria. 300,000. Just that age group, not the younger kids. And that's just the official diagnoses for insurance purposes. It doesn't include all the ones who just say they're trans and haven't been to a doctor or whatever. So this is just a social contagion sweeping the world. And it's all based on a lie. It's, um, I don't, I, you know, I just, I sit here and I'm, you talk about paralysis and I don't mean to smile, you know, I, 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 you know, it's like, it's like a, it's like a coping mechanism for myself, uh, where I, I, I'm getting this uncomfortable. I just like, protect my kids, try and do best by them and, and shield them from some of these things. But as a society, we've, we're, we're allowing, uh, more and more. And, and you talk about the, the LGB community, 
and how trans and different things are added into it. And that's one of the things I, I was I was thinking about this last night. And I'm like, you know, one of the things that's really difficult because nobody wants to like when it becomes a hot topic issue. There's certain people that that uh, stick their head up. Some of it unknowingly, some of it knowingly to talk about things that they're passionate about or uh, want to speak out against that they're like, this is not right. For a lot of people, they're like, you know, I'm just going to keep my head down and keep going and, and things will get sorted out. The one with this is is it gets disguised as something that if you speak out against it, you're speaking out against everything and that entire community. And uh, I, don't, I don't know how to... Um, I don't know. Does that make sense, Chris? Like, I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but that's the, th that's the trick they use to silence people. They say it's the LGBTQ2SIA++ community. There's no community. These are all identity labels. There's not even an LGB community. Lesbians aren't hanging out with gay men. Got to break it to you. I've got lots of gay friends. They're not hanging out together. There's no community. But this is an identity label. It's an acronym or whatever it is in order to just silence people. It's done by design. And they knew that when gay rights were won and the goalposts moved to trans rights, that you just combine all these letters together and you silence people because no one wants to be seen as speaking up against gay rights. Well, I'm called a homophobe all the time. Yet I'm speaking out for kids who would grow up to be gay and saying we don't need to sterilize them. We don't need to mutilate their bodies. When 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 you frame yeah. it when you frame it as uh, pro um, protecting kids, I think every parent gets it. It's uh, it's the um, and uh, don't get me wrong. Everything you've said to this point, I think every parent, for the most part, I, I would assume, yeah. gets it. Obviously, there's going to be a few that don't, but um, I think when you when you break it down like that, uh, there's something about that. Like when I watch not only your videos but other people's videos where they go head to head with this mob mentality. Where they're, you know, like, Chris, how many how many times now have you been physically assaulted where you go to these things? And it's made to seem like that is, I don't know, Canada's a population of 38 million roughly. It's made to seem like that's 35 million people. When we know that's like, I don't know, not 200, but not, not 38 million by any stretch. Yeah, so, I don't know, I've been assaulted technically 25 times, maybe 30. I lose track. That includes people spitting at me. Physically punched, hit probably a dozen or 15 times or something. Of course, I had my arm broken. That was the most serious one by Antifa in Montreal. And I don't even have to go to these events. I just hang out on the street on my own sometimes and I'll get assaulted or sucker punched from behind. It's always from behind. But, uh, does that, does, uh, sorry, like, uh, you know, like the, the, I think the latest one, I think. The one, you know, that certainly went viral everywhere was, was the, I don't know, was it trans woman? I have Sean butchers yeah, this every time. Yeah, a man, yeah. It, it, that, that was just right in your face and it gets like intense and you're like, I, I'm sitting there watching. We talked about it on the Tuesday Mashup, folks, where we're watching the video of you and I'm like, like, how are you keeping it together? You got like, you know, like you got like 50 people surrounding you and one person just right in your grill. And then it gets wow. violent and everybody points at the cops yeah. smiling and everything else. Uh, at, at some point, are you like, maybe I shouldn't be here? Or is that not anything in your... No. In, no? No, no. I think I should be there more. So that was a transgender day of visibility event. And I don't normally go to these events. But you know what? These are people 
having these events, celebrating the maiming and sterilization of children, half of whom have autism. What am I supposed to do? Am I going to just let them have free reign to push this evil, harmful ideology onto kids? I'm not going to do that. So I'm going to be a voice to counter what they say. And I'm very calm. I just go there to have conversations. I actually had some decent conversations that day. I still need to get up video footage. I'm going to put up every single second of the whole day. But I don't care what they do. It doesn't matter to me. And I'm not affected by them at all. Uh, it's just noise. So honestly, they did me a favor. That video, just on my Twitter alone, that video got seen 10 million times. Never mind all the other media around the world talking about it. So it's tens of millions of views. And it starts a lot of conversations, which is my whole objective. It's to have conversations and start conversations. So people are learning. I'm not going to go out to those sort of things every single day, but I will go to some of these pride festivals because there needs to be a counter voice telling the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And it doesn't matter to me what the mob says. We need people standing up against the mob. This is the same sort of psychology that's repeated throughout human history. Most people know the truth. I have more than 90% support from people all over the world. Everywhere I go, no matter where I go, even university campuses, I have majority support, but the supportive people are quiet. And that's just the way it's going to be because when they come out and talk about it, people try to cancel them or get violent with them. But someone needs to stand up and I feel like that's my job. So I'm just going to keep doing it. Well, and I, I know from this side, I, um, you, you wished that more uh, mainstream uh, journalism would host, uh, <laughs> would host Chris, right? Like, and just explore some, because, you know, I said this last time, I'll say it again, like, you don't come off of his extreme, right? Like, at all, right? Like, and uh, a lot of what you have to say, um, more people need to hear, the henceforth bringing you back on and, and having this discussion. Even though I don't think it's that extreme, uh, chances are there will be some things that will be said and everything else, and you just carry on with life and, and try not to let it affect you. I, I'd, I stare at you and I watch at some of the, you know, um, the videos that come through, and I'm just like, so do you got a psych? Like, I, I know I sound like... I'm used know, to it. Sean. You know, but you, 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 you said a word a lot last time about uh, cowards and things like that. And at times when I watch you, I'm like, man, I'm such a coward. When I watch you go through what you're doing, and I'm just like, I, I'm just like, man, you have balls of steel, pardon the, 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 the phrase, folks. But I watch you stand in front of the mob, and the mob to a lot of people seems, well, I, I don't know. It just, it just seems like this unruly, like they might grab you and drag you away, and that might be the end of it. And uh, for a lot of us, I'm just like, oh my goodness, that is that is not the last place I want to go. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know. That's that's a unnerving thought, I guess. Yeah, you mentioned the mainstream media. They, they have hosted me. They've interviewed me in Ottawa, for example, last or October of 2021. And I'm going back to Ottawa in June. Everyone should come out. We got a big thing going on, but. I was mobbed by 200 people. Uh, all the media came out, CBC, CTV. It was front page news of the Ottawa Citizen. It was the top news story on all the local TV networks at night. And earlier in the week, I've been in Toronto. It was the same thing there. I actually had a legislative 
legislator on the floor of the Ontario legislature kind of screaming maniacally that uh, protests shouldn't be allowed within 200 meters of schools. And I had the city council say that they wanted to paint a crosswalk, a rainbow where I had been standing. <laughs> and anyway, I interviewed with CBC for 18 minutes on camera. I recorded the thing myself because I have to protect myself. Guess how many seconds they aired when they did their footage at night? I don't know. Zero. Zero? CTV, Zero? same thing. Zero. CTV interviewed me for 15 minutes on camera. Zero seconds were aired because they're only looking for some hateful quote to come out of my mouth so they can finish off their story because mm -hmm. their story is all about the bigot from British Columbia. But I give them nothing. So I did my job perfectly. They can't even find one thing I say in 18 minutes to quote, to fill out their narrative. And when I talk to these interviewers, I can see it in their eyes that they agree with me, that they're getting it, but they're not allowed to tell the truth. So everyone's been propagandized. And if you only think on the surface and you just conflate this with gay people, there's gay people, there's trans people, we need to protect everyone. Yeah. They're not trans kids. They're boys and girls. We shouldn't sexualize kids. We shouldn't put identity labels on kids. They're boys and girls. And some of them are in distress and they're having a hard time. And what we don't do to children is stop their physical development for the first time in human history. We don't give them a cancer drug, which is what this drug is. It was approved for prostate cancer in men, endometriosis, uterine fibroids in women. This same drug was given to pedophiles to chemically castrate them because it stops the pituitary gland from releasing a couple hormones, which in turn trigger the testes to produce testosterone and the ovaries to produce estrogen. While kids are on this drug, they don't produce any of those hormones. So their secondary sex characteristics won't develop. Their bodies won't develop. Girls' breasts don't grow. Their hips don't get wider. Boys' penises don't grow. And I tweeted out this story earlier this week of this boy, 18 years old. He went in for sex reassignment surgery, what the leftists will call bottom surgery. They always use euphemisms. What it is, is a castration and a penile inversion where they slice open the penis and invert it to form what's called a neovagina. But because this boy was on puberty blockers for his whole adolescence, his genitals never grew. In this case, they don't have enough tissue to do this inversion. So what do they do? They cut out some of his colon and they use the colon to form the lining of this neovagina. And he died because if E. coli I from the colon got into his system he developed necrotizing fasciitis and he died. Well, this all goes back to the puberty blockers in the first place. And you've started this kid on this pathway where you've convinced this kid that there's something wrong with him. This whole ideology teaches that there's something wrong with these children. They literally tell these kids that they were born in the wrong body. What? What does that mean? It means nothing. It's an abusive thing to tell a child. You're telling a child they were born wrong, that they should have been something else. And like Elon Musk said on Twitter yesterday, you tell a kid there's something wrong with them, they're going to do something to make it themselves right. And that's what we're telling these kids, that they were born wrong.
just because they're a little different. Well, and then you start them on these puberty blockers, and then they have to go on to the cross sex hormones because they've been convinced that they need to look like the other sex, and then they have to get surgery, and they keep chasing, chasing, chasing the next step of this process in order to find true happiness because they're told that they're going to kill themselves if they don't transition. Yet more abusive nonsense, and you end up with this, and you end up with these men. A lot of these men get to 25, 26 years of age, and guess what? They realize. They realize they're just gay. But now they've been castrated. They've had this inversion surgery done. And their life, to a great degree, is ruined. And it doesn't do anything to reduce suicides. In fact, the most comprehensive study we have out of Sweden shows that after adjusting for psychiatric comorbidities, so taking they have this problem going on, and you take out of the control group someone else with the same sort of problem going on, even after adjusting for that, 10 years after sex reassignment surgery with adults, suicides are 19.1 times higher than the control group. So it's not stopping this at all. The whole thing is a lie. So we just have to tell the truth and we have to educate because people have been propagandized and we're just gonna keep getting the truth out there. And every time someone learns the truth, they tell their friends and some of these people become really passionate about it and they start reaching hundreds of thousands or millions themselves through social media. And eventually this cult is going to come to a crashing halt, but we still have a big fight on our hand because all these leftist organizations are pushing this as though it's the truth and they refuse to tell the truth. Well, and from uh, my perspective, um, you need uh, communities to stand up for themselves, right? Like uh, certainly getting the information out there. You you put it in such a way, Chris, I, I applaud you because uh, you put it in such a way that it's it's just like, it's so black and white when you get, when, when you, I don't know how to, when you get on a roll, when you're, when you're like, this is what it is. I'm not talking about uh, a 25 year old who wants to transition. You're talking about children. And when it's children, what are we, what are we here for? You know, what is the purpose of, of, of being on the planet as an adult? Protect children, right? Try and guide them so that, you know, they, they don't make, uh, some of the mistakes that I'm sure lots of us have made, but these, these things I never even had to wrestle with growing up. Like I, I just don't even, um, uh, begin to understand it. The, the article you were talking about, I put it in my notes and, uh, I just wanted to read a part of it so that, because, um, it, it's such an uncomfortable topic. I just, I'm going to, you know, and people yeah. laugh at me. It's just, it, it just is. It's such yeah, a, read the I first just page or so. I just can't even, I can't even believe this is, this is, th anyways, it says the patient is described as being a healthy 18 year old from whom, uh, from whom standard uh, vaginal plasty surgery was not feasible due to having undeveloped genitals as a result of early puberty suppression. Biggs noted that while early puberty suppression for boys who experience childhood onset gender dysphoria has the advantage of creating a more feminine appearance in adulthood, the major disadvantage is the penis remains that of a small boy making vaginoplasty much riskier. Instead of using the penile tissue, they they will have to use some of your colon, explained Biggs. Now, of course, that means opening up your intestines. That's obviously much, 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 three muches in there, uh, riskier because you have a different si uh, site. And of course, intestines are also messy. That's right from the article. That's quoted. You're like, what in the, anyways. And then part of the article went on to say, and I, I pulled this right out. It said, Dr. Marcy Bowers, president of the World Professional Association for Transgender Health, is on record saying that all boys who have their pu puberty blocked will never experience an orgasm. It's like, 
this is this isn't like this isn't um well i don't know so this this that's is that's a I, video i tweet out all the time marcy bowers is a man who says he's a woman he's the president of the world professional association for transgender health this is an activist organization they write what are called the standards of care and they're on version eight right now that children's hospitals may follow they don't have to because there's no science to this of course none of this is you know medical board approved anywhere none of these drugs are fda approved but marcy admits in this video that literally zero of the boys who went on puberty blockers at tanner stage two Tanner stage two is the technical term for the start of puberty for girls. This is when their breasts have first started to form. It might be two years before they've had their period. So they're going to be nine or 10 boys are going to be about a year later. And he says, none of the boys as adults have been able to have an orgasm. And then he starts spitballing during the zoom call. And also in this call is uh, Dr. Johanna Olson Kennedy, who runs the children's hospital of Los Angeles. This is a woman who received a $5.7 million grant from the NIH, the National Institute of Health. And as part of her grant application, she requested to reduce the age that they gave the opposite sex hormones to kids from 13 to eight. So if a child was already at Tanner stage two of puberty, they would give them puberty blockers at eight. And also they would give these girls testosterone or boys estrogen. Now, almost always at eight years of age, it's going to be girls already hitting puberty. But these people are totally nuts. Anyway, during this Zoom call, Marcy Bowers starts speculating, what do we do? Intimacy is important in a relationship, he says. Yeah, do you think? Do we delay the puberty blockers? Start them later on in life? Do we stop them for a while and let a little bit of puberty occur? and then put them back on puberty bloggers. And he also says that the clitoris is, the penis is just a large clitoris. That's all it is. I mean, these people are nuts. And they're writing the standards of care, which these hospitals can follow. Now they used to have age guidelines for these children's hospitals to follow. It was 15 years of age for a double mastectomy. A lot of these hospitals and clinics don't follow that anyway, like Kaiser Permanente, which does double mastectomies on 12 year olds. But they recently, in the last conference that they held, their annual conference, it was in Montreal last September, they reduced the ages for these surgeries and drugs and everything. But then within 24 hours, they got rid of all ages completely because of the backlash. It's also to protect their butts because if they say 14-year-olds should get double mastectomies and then Kaiser does it on a 12-year-old, well, maybe that would open them up to lawsuits or something. But now there's no age requirements at all for any of these surgeries or drugs or hormones. The whole thing's just the wild west of medicine, gender medicine. And yet we have countries like England, Sweden, Finland, Norway, who have all stopped this practice or are stopping it, drastically changing how these kids are treated. They've done systematic reviews of all the evidence and found there is no evidence to support this that the risks outweigh any potential benefit, because of course there have never been any studies on this. The medical board in Florida did the same thing, not the politicians, the medical board, the doctors, they found there was no evidence. 
The Academy of Medicine in France has stated what I state all the time, which is that we have no way of knowing which of these kids will grow out of this gender dysphoria, yet we know the vast majority do. Yet we now stop the cure, which is puberty itself, and we give puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones and surgeries on children. It's totally wild. And yet the American Academy of Pediatrics, the AMA, the APA, the Psychological Association, the Endocrine Society, all these organizations in the United States and the Canadian medical organizations refuse to do a review. Why? Their own doctors within their organizations are asking them to do a review of all the evidence and they won't do it. That's not science, that's ideology. And the people running these organizations are ideologues. So they need to get removed. And in order to do that, we need to keep creating awareness and we need the outreach to continue to grow. And we need everyone, doctors, parents, teachers, counselors, they all need to speak up within their respective bodies because this is the biggest child abuse scandal in modern history. And uh, I, I might uh, add in there, when somebody does uh, speak up, um, they should probably be supported because um, uh, well, I just, I just, I, I just come back to to you, Chris. When I when I watch your videos, uh, there's a lot of hate thrown your way, um, and certainly people don't get to see the the ton of support you get. I mean, uh, somewhat. I shouldn't say I don't get to see it, but I mean. Um, when it's in your uh, whatever respective community you're at, if you have somebody speaking intelligently like Chris does, uh, you should probably support them because it's it's a at times I would say a lonely road to so when even you're on the right side of things, um, some of the the just vehemently hateful things that are thrown not only your way but other ways especially from the ideologues when you, you talk about like the ideology just has taken over it's like it's 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 just wild to watch it's just i don't even have the words to explain it other than like this is crazy like this is like well it's just crazy i, I don't know how better to explain it yeah i'm not a religious man and I don't really believe in demons, but it's almost like we're exercising demons, the way these people behave. They're starting to lose a lot and awareness is increasing and they're getting more and more violent and unhinged. And they can never have a conversation. I'm there calm as can be while people are yelling in my face, ready to have a conversation. Bring me any evidence you have, please. I would love to be wrong. That's how we learn. I've read everything pretty much there is to read. That's all I do every day, all day is talk about this subject, learn about this subject, read all the new news on this subject. I'm out there to have a conversation, but they can't have one. So what does it say about your movement when you can't have a conversation about it? When all you can do is try to cancel the other person, get violent with the other person. I literally, at some universities, students will come out with their bed sheets from their dorm rooms and hold them up around me so people can't even see me. Their only strategy is to try to silence me. Well, what are you so afraid of? Let's just have a conversation. But they well, won't do it. They <laughs> they label you as hate speech, right? Isn't that uh, isn't that the first billboard? I love J.K. I heart J.K. Rowling. Yeah, you know, yeah, they... the I heart J.K. Rowling actual billboard that I put up in Vancouver. Vancouver politician Sarah Kirby Young said it was hate speech. It had a big red heart on it for the world's greatest children's author, and Jimmy Patterson's company took it down the next day. So not 
letting anyone ever silence me. I leveraged the outrage online into a quick, quick little campaign. And I put up billboards in San Francisco, LA, Portland, all throughout Utah, all throughout the Metro in Washington, DC, and then Times Square. That was September, 2020. But then no sign companies would even work with me in Canada. So I did the only thing I could do, which is look probably totally ridiculous wearing signs. I became a billboard and I went outside and I started having conversations and starting conversations that way. And when you don't stop and you take all the abuse, I guess it inspires some other people and I keep trying to educate people. And a lot of other people are now talking about this. So it's not just me, it's a whole bunch of people involved. But I'm connected to all the major people pretty much in the world, especially across North America, who are now fighting this. I've got some great friends. I've got the entire organization of Moms for Liberty working alongside me. Those are probably my best friends in this fight. These are two moms who are former school board members who started an organization January 1st, 2021. It's only two years old. And they already have 115,000 moms all across the country. So they're now all fighting this. I work with the Heritage Foundation, the top conservative think tank in the United States, the Manhattan Institute, other organizations, parents of rapid onset gender dysphoria kids. It's called Parents of ROGD Kids. This is a support group for parents struggling with this. Um, and I probably do media every day now. So I think this is a testament to what one person can do. And there's nothing special about me. I just decided to start having conversations and never stop. And anyone can do that. But it's important to learn the truth about this, speak reasonably, be respectful, and just keep going. Because when you don't stop, good things happen. And when you go outside, good things happen. I always say good things happen when you go outside. And it's true because we have to get out of our bubble. We have to get out of our social media bubbles. You might think you're reaching a lot of people when you get a thousand likes on a tweet. But it's the same people really who are already talking about this usually so you got to get outside and make yourself known that way all civil rights movements throughout history were achieved by people going outside and being peaceful so that's what we got to do i think you say a couple of things there that really resonate with me and that's be reasonable a couple hours be reasonable be respectful and uh you know i, I i'm curious from conversation one to conversation 10,000 or whatever it is now, um, has it become, I don't know if easier is the right word, Chris, but has it become, um, is there more openness to discussing? Does that make so sense? From day, yeah. From day one, I've had more than 90% support. A lot of people didn't understand this at all. So, People would see my sign and the sign I normally wear on my front says children cannot consent to puberty blockers. And I'd get a lot of confused looks and people would say, what the heck are puberty blockers? So I'd have a quick conversation and right away, the average person gets it. They go, what? Stopping puberty in kids? That was my reaction. I said, what? What are puberty blockers? First time I saw that term. Well, they're exactly what they sound like. And people get it right away. That's totally insane. It's less than 10% of the population to support this. And even they are confused. So today there's a lot more awareness. I get a ton of high fives, thumbs up. There's not as much confusion. A lot of people know a little bit about this subject. So we just need to keep the hammer down, 
and keep educating more and more because we need people with a little bit of education to get a bit more education. And eventually we're gonna to get to a critical mass where enough people know about this and the outrage is so much that this will come to a crashing halt as it has done in other countries. They cannot ignore the truth forever. Science and truth and common sense will resume. But in this country, it's gonna take a while because our government is a total mess. Even the conservative party, not one conservative MP will speak out against any of this. And they even voted unanimously to pass a bill where it's now considered conversion therapy to help your child feel comfortable in their skin. Your girl wants to be a boy. She wants to get surgeries, hormones. That's apparently loving. Help her feel comfortable with her body, help her to love herself and not become a lifelong pharmaceutical patient. That's now considered conversion therapy and could land a parent or anyone in jail for five years or get them a $2 million fine. So this has also put a whole chill on the psychotherapy pr profession. No counselors will even talk to these kids who are struggling with this. No counselor in their right mind will, because if they help these children to feel comfortable with themselves, there will be some activists saying that they're committing conversion therapy, and then they'll end up in court defending their practice, getting canceled. So most people won't even talk to these kids. It's just a disaster all the way around. You know, uh, I don't, I, I don't know if, have you watched any of the National Citizens Inquiry? No. Um, you'll have to bear with me here for Chris. I want to make sure I get the, the name, uh, the name right. Um, oh my goodness. I apologize here, folks. Give me a sec. Dr. Chan no talking about Nathaniel S., who is the young? Who is the first kid to die of COVID in Alberta? And I don't bring mean to bring all the COVID talk in, but um, he had. Uh, if you go to if you go to my Twitter or if you go to the uh, National Citizens Inquiry, you can watch Dr. Chen testify uh, how his patient, uh, young child who died of brain cancer, was identified as the first child to die of COVID by Dina Hinshaw, even though it was on even though it wasn't on his death certificate, and he he was just anyways. I, I just, where I'm going with this is I'm like, man, trust is receding from all these, you talk about politicians, I'm talking about a, a, one of the head doctors or former of, of uh, Alberta, you know, uh, it, it's at a point now where it just comes back to uh, <laughs> your communities and, uh, um, you know, I was trying to get Chris to come in for, for the kids' sake, for uh, you know, to come talk to our community group because uh, this is top of mind right now there's hundreds of people talking about this do want to protect their children and other people's children and, and just open up the conversation and try and get some of this stuff out there and, and continue to talk about it and make sure that it doesn't infiltrate too far i mean by i'm sure i can say this for chris and you can uh, certainly correct me by your standards and by a lot of people's standards this is infiltrated way too bloody far um but here in community groups at different spots they're they're becoming more and more active which probably once again for chris can't happen fan, fast enough uh but i just i don't know i to me i i hear you and i i'm, I'm I, I look at it and I, I hope more and more people are talking about it. I have to assume, you know, over the course of a year when we first had you on to now, the the conversation has blown up. I mean, you've been on tons of different shows now talking about this. This has become, um, I don't know, it's it's become, I just look at the Bud Light thing, uh, Hershey now, um, all these different things getting just absolute backlash 
from trying to push uh, something that, you know, for most people, they just, yeah, just live life and not a big deal. But the more and more this becomes prevalent, the more you talk about fines, jail time for something where we're talking about children and it's, it's just gotten to this, it's hard, you can't ignore it anymore, I, I guess is kind of where it's come to a head, I think. Yeah, and you've got, I don't think it'll pass, but you've got the NDP in Ontario wanting a bill passed that will ban anyone from protesting within 100 yards, 100 meters of a drag queen story hour. Wait, 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 wait. I thought we had a thing called the Charter of Rights and Freedoms in this country. We have the freedom to protest, freedom of association, freedom of conscience. And now you're telling me that a concerned parent can't stand within 100 meters of some hypersexualized version of a woman. They can't protest a man in woman face who, on his off hours, performs pretty gross, perverted shows for adults. And that's fine. Those are adults. They can do whatever they want. But a lot of these men are sex offenders too. And now they're dressing up as hypersexualized women and they want to read to your preschooler. Why? The, the why better, do they want to do that? And yeah. why can't we protest it? The better question but, uh, I keep wondering is why would any parent go to it? Why would you allow, oh, right. you know, why would you allow your child to be around that? It, 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 like to me, I just, I can't, I cannot understand it, Chris. I, I just yeah. like to, I, I, no, but in this right? world, this is virtue signaling for these leftists. It's social credit for them to be so progressive that they take their kid to a drag show. Or even more progressive, to turn your kid into a drag performer. On Granville Island this summer, there's a drag camp for kids. A drag camp. Can you it explain that? It $800 to go to. And get this, it's funded by the provincial government. It's funded by the city of Vancouver. It's funded by Granville Island. It's funded by the federal government. It's funded by the Canadian Council for the Arts. Some other Canadian organization too, I can't remember. Every single possible government institution is funding, is sponsoring a drag camp for kids where boys are gonna dress up as, you know, sexualized versions of women, girls, and vice versa. And this is progressive. We have this article that was published last week or two. I tweeted it out. It was a CBC article about four drag kids. One of these girls, she's a rare girl performing drag. She sells fetish gear in an adult shop, or her mom does. And they're talking about this in the article like it's normal. Or this, this that was maybe a boy. The, the girl, she's 10 or 11. She struggles to get adult venues in the 19 plus drag circuit. It literally says this in this show that they're promoting in the CBC article. Total nuts. This is absurd. Now, what is Drag Queen Story Hour? Why did they do this? Well, this is well-funded. This isn't organic. It's not just something happening where local drag queens are like, hey, let's go read to kids. It'll be fun. 
This is a concerted effort funded nationally, internationally. And it's about introducing children to the subject of gender. This is their initiation into the idea that you can just change your sex. You can be whatever gender you want to be. They're indoctrinating kids because it's like any other dictator throughout history has known, like Lenin, give me your kids for four years and I'll plant the seeds that last for the rest of their life. It's not his direct quote, it's something like that. They know if you get the kids, that that's how you change the culture. So that's why there's all this money pouring into schools to indoctrinate the kids. Just yesterday, my daughter sent me some screenshot. There's a TV up in the school and there's some new contest for kids to write about what gender means to them. And the winning child, they will print off versions of this child's poster and put it up in schools around the district. It's just propaganda. And you're not allowed to tell the truth. Apparently you get canceled. We got Josh Alexander who got kicked out of school for knowing the truth about gender. We have in my daughter's elementary school last year, there were three boys in grade seven. My daughter was in grade seven. She's in grade eight now. But in a different class from her, there were three boys who made the teacher cry <laughs> because they insisted that boys didn't belong in girls' sports. You got the 12-year-old boys making this grown teacher cry because they insist that boys shouldn't play sports against the girls because it's not fair. And they're right. And I know one of these kids. I talked with him and his mom. They were longtime family friends. I gave him a big high five because he's doing the work that a lot of adults won't do, which is just tell the simple truth. But this has infiltrated all of our schools and everything. So we got a big job ahead of us and we're going to win because we don't have all the money, but we have the truth and the truth spreads for free. There's a lot to be learned from, uh, uh, well, and you, you get to uh, meet up with Josh. There's a lot to be said about uh, some of the um, kids in this world who are saying things that are way more bold than a lot of us adults are willing to um, say, do, etc. You know, I, I sit here and um, the conversation, I, I always I, I bring this up, it'll be the last time, folks, it makes me uncomfortable. But at the same time, it's funny that it makes it uncomfortable because by the end of it, I'm like, uh, we shouldn't be doing this to any child. That's that's what we're here to do. We're here to protect children from harm and from, you know, int introducing ideas that, you know, even as an uh, as a soon-to-be 37-year-old man, now the last time I said 36, now I'm going to say 37, I'm still sitting here going, like, you asked me a question, I'm like, I, I don't know, like, I, I'm super, I fumble the crap out of it, I'm like, I don't know, and you're like, ah, don't worry about it, like, nobody get, yet. and you're like, yeah, and we're trying, we're allowing, I shouldn't say trying, we're allowing it to be put in and to it to be normalized and everything else. You know, I was thinking of, I was trying to think of the commercial while you were talking uh, of the Amazon. Have you seen the Amazon school, uh, the dancing commercial? Do you know what I'm talking about? Where the girl's got the mustache? No, sorry. Um, I don't here, watch a lot of TV these days. No, that's, that's <laughs> fair. Let me see if I can, uh, if everybody holds on with me here for a second, let's see if I can pull this up. Uh, Let's see here, folks. And I'm, you know, here I am rambling on. Uh, we'll share a screen. 
Okay. Oh, and of course, I don't have the the audio playing. But you can watch along here. She's got a mustache and says it's rocking an Amazon. And that's that's like, a, and you could, like the first time I saw it, it's funny, I, I like literally was sitting beside like four other people that all adults and we're all like, what the heck was that? Like, what the heck is that? Like, and that's Amazon right there. I mean, uh, you know, and nobody can go, oh, that makes sense. That's a perfectly normal thing to have on TV, except there it is. That's Amazon with a commercial of a girl teenage girl at school dancing around and at the end it comes in for a close-up and she's got a mustache and everything else and you're like yeah oh my goodness so so she's a hip i mean apart from the mustache pretty girl fit good dancer this is marketing who are these kids in real life they come up to me all the time on the street read jamie reed's article in the free press these are all the misfits. These kids have eating disorders. They're cutting. They're depressed. They have terrible home lives. They have psychiatric issues. They don't look like her. But the media is trying to popularize this. Just as they've popularized every ridiculous craze we've ever had. Lobotomies were made popular by the media. The inventor of lobotomy received the Nobel Prize for medicine. So if you don't know what a lobotomy is, it changed a little from the first procedure where they drilled holes through the head. It became known as an ice pick lobotomy and it's literally ice picks that they took and went through the orbital sockets and they stabbed away at the prefrontal cortex of the person's brain. Apparently some people got better Sure, you take someone who's severely mentally ill and jab away at their brain and you don't even know what you're doing and maybe someone calms down or something and that gets reported as improvement. Well, the media popularized this as some remarkable medical breakthrough. And over a few decades, they did at least 100,000 of these things. It actually ended when someone died during the procedure. That was the last one ever done. But this was just butchery. This was just totally lack of science. There was no science to it. It was just an experiment. It was just taking a stab literally at someone's brain. And it was celebrated. And this is no different. This is a lobotomy for the endocrine system. And we will look back at this hopefully in 10 years or five years and say, what the heck were we doing? But without a doubt in 20 years, we're going to look back at this and our grandkids are going to marvel at how backwards and prehistoric our society was. We think we're this advanced civilization. We're the same as every population that's ever existed. There's this famous picture of August, Land, August Landmesser. He's standing amidst a sea of Nazis, giving the Nazi salute. And he's standing there with his arms crossed. 
because he refused to do it. What happened to that population that all those people went along with evil? There's something in humans' minds that goes along with pure evil because they just want to go along with the group and because we're also easily indoctrinated. But we all need to be August Landmaster and we need to stand there with our arms crossed and we need to say no. There's no such thing as a transgender child. They're called girls and boys and they're beautiful just as they are. No drugs or scalpels needed. And the sooner we all stand up and start saying this, the sooner this ends. But it's going to end. It's just a question of how many kids are harmed before it does. I appreciate you uh, uh, coming back on, Chris, and uh, making some time in your busy schedule. I want to end with the Crude Master final question. Uh, it's changed since uh, you were on, which is I found interesting listening back to. It's uh, If you're going to stand behind a cause, then stand behind it absolutely. What's one thing Chris stands behind? The truth. We just need to tell the truth. And the truth is that our girls and boys are beautiful just as they are. Just like I just said, there is no right way to be a boy or a girl. There are two sexes. There are zero genders. And there are infinite personalities. That wraps up everyone beautifully. And we need to get back to the reality. We need to get back to the truth. And we need to stop sterilizing and mutilating children. Well, thank you, sir, for coming on and uh, and giving me some time this morning. And uh, My I hope you know I, I I don't know where our paths cross again, uh, Chris, but I'm sure that it will happen again. And uh, well, I'll be paying attention uh, for your Twitter and everything else. If people want to find you, anything like that, where where would you send them? Uh, Twitter at Billboard Chris, same handle on Instagram. I really do most of my stuff on Twitter. I've got a website, billboardchris.com. If people want to support me, they can do so through there. That'd be nice. But really, I just want them to get educated and start having conversations. It's already changing a lot since the last time we talked. A lot more people are willing to have this conversation. So don't worry about getting called names. Just get out there and tell the truth. And eventually, we put a stop to this. So, Sean, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you boosting this message. And hopefully, next time we talk, in a year or so from now, we have just as much progress to report on. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Sean.